welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello, and welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Today, I have Jennifer Herbitz on. Jennifer, how are you? I'm great. How are you? You know, one thing we didn't talk about when we were pre-gaming is that we have the same name. I know. And it's the most, po- I mean, that's not a surprise, right? Because no. it's like the most popular name in the history of naming children. Ever. Yes. For- like 1970s, so, 1970s. And I, I was born in 70. I mean, I'm 72. I'm like, mom, I, you couldn't have smoked some pot and done a better job with the name. <laughs> well, I think it was like the love, what was the movie, The Love Story with Jennifer O'Neill? Yeah. I think that's why on, everyone, I mean, like, my God, mom. No. But it's, it's like the most popular name of lots of different years. Not, I, it's, no. cr- anyway, I, I, when I have people that come on that have like cool names, not oh, Jennifer names, I'm like, God, I love your name. Wait, what's your middle name? Susan. I'm okay, Jennifer well, Susan different. Taylor. Okay, well, that's different. Some people most are like Jennifer Lynn. I'm Jennifer oh. Erica. <laughs> At least I, had a different name. I was like, okay. So your website is jenniferherbits.com. Super easy. Everything's in the show notes. All people can cyberstalk you just like I've had the pleasure of doing. <laughs> Tell me, you do, you have a blog, a podcast. You're published twice that I know of. Yes, twice. Oh, my books uh, aren't right. Yeah. Bestseller. Uh, just jump in and tell me. Oh, for God's sakes. You know, I feel like I have so many, like my hands are in so many cookie jars and I'm, I'm so overwhelmed with everything I have that when you say, what do you do? I'm like, okay, let me think. Okay. I go down the list. I have a podcast, I have a TV pilot, I have a TV show. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And then I just recently, um, I have a Ted talk. Oh, <gasps> what in the yes. actual fuck? I'm like, yeah, am I allowed to swear? Right. Okay. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. but me doing a Ted talk is like, like super crazy because, um, how do I put, like, how do you put someone like me on a stage? Like after we're done, I think people will be like, what? They're putting her on a TED stage? <laughs> yeah, so I have a TED talk and it's in April and I'm, I'm losing my shit. I'm just like, there's no way. So I'm super excited about that. That's my biggest. See, that's on my, like, that's like a little, I don't know if it's a bucket list thing, but it's a, it's a, a goal. Okay, well, and I you. just, you have to apply yeah. to actually be on. There's that thing. So if I don't apply, yeah. I'm never going to. Yeah, well, you have to apply. But Charlotte, for some reason, was super, super crazy. We had to audition. We had to apply and then we had to audition for five minutes, like a, like an audition. And I was, I almost threw up. Like oh. I'm being honest, like, but I, it was awful. Really? Was like, Tell me about really, that. Actually. It's crazy. I, you know, I'm, I've been like in acting and drama and theater my whole life. Yeah. And um, I just thought, you know what? I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I was so not fine. I went to a place like a, my, like a really weird kind of like self doubt kind of ish. And that's oh. not really like me. Right. And, I just was like, yeah, there's, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I really thought to myself, I, I just screwed this one up. <laughs> I just screwed this one and up. they let you in it. And they let me in. I'm like, Other wow. Other people this screwed is... up more. I, that's what I thought. I thought you know, <laughs> everyone else just really sucked bad. But no, I mean, like, um, I'm super excited. So. Yes, yeah. you should be. That's a great accomplishment. So mm-hmm. like being a published author. Yeah. I mean, when people have these accomplishments, I am so damn proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty proud of me too. I yes. just have, I have coaching for the next four months. So hopefully like will mold me into something and like Ted ready because you know, yes. you have to stand on that circle, that red circle, and you're not allowed to even walk off of it. And yep. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pacer. I'm a strutter. I'm a walk. So I'm like, what the, put me in high heels and like, hope like they hurt really badly. So I don't leave the, the circle. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a good idea and right? it will keep you. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, that would be one of my plans. I can yeah. guarantee that would be it one of my plans. It, Just be uncomfortable. Hurt. So, yes. right. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is different. And you've, you've spoken a lot because you have a lot of video clips from your YouTube channel on your website. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I speak a lot, but I feel like it's just for some reason, 
Ted, you have to be a certain way. Like they want you to talk. So I feel like maybe am I selling out? Like I don't want to sell out. You know what I mean? I don't want to change to be something I'm not. Yep. So kind of, you know, you, you, I think you pick, you can feel it. Like I do because you and I are like, we, we, should have, we could have been twins. I agree. I totally utero, agree. Right. I totally agree. Yeah. And so when I read your stuff, it could have been what I wrote. So oh, I always have so a hard many time. People say that. I love that. Yeah. Well, I yeah. know. Right. Yeah. But yeah. then, and I don't have self-doubt very often, but sometimes like I saw a website recently and I was like, should I redo my website? What right. is my, like, why? I but know. I, and I get about the selling out, which is why no. I absolutely refuse to. Someone said, yeah, you. the naked podcaster, you interviewed oh, me I a couple it. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Right. Me too. I love it. I love it. No, and you it cannot was, change it. Right. No, I'm not going to, but he yeah. said, I feel like now because I work with foster kids, oh. you know, maybe it's, it's, I'm a little uncomfortable. I don't know how I feel. And I'm like, I just removed you. So you don't need to worry about it. Oh. I have plenty of people that good are a good you. fit good that fight. resonate. I will not yes. change myself to you make can't. someone else happy. You can't. You can't. And I'm glad we're talking about this because we're going to yeah. talk about what else you do too. So that, <laughs> that's like a big segue, but it's it hard is. to, and I get what you mean. Like, it but then also Jennifer, I think like we're different facets. I am a certain way with my kids that I'm not with you. Agree. Agree. You no, know, we, we mentioned autism before and we'll yeah. get into that later, but like, I just, you said, I have an autistic son and I went, oh, fuck, so do I. Know, I. Right? Like, okay, right. I'm not going to act like that in front of my autistic son. No, or, of course not. How know, is so your son? Where is he on the spectrum? Right. Your, oh, he uh, he's moderate. Okay. Okay. So mine is super high functioning. You would never, like, it's crazy. You would never know. Um, ah. Yeah. So I started, we'll go back to this, but like 18 months, I knew something was not right. Yep. So we did years, yep. crazy, crazy intervention nuts. And so now... Um, I wrote an article for Blunt Moms called I Forgot My Kid's Autistic mm. um, because I, I do sometimes I forget. Like I don't yeah. even realize that it's so – sometimes I think to myself, I feel guilty that, yeah. um, that I, I forget that he is because he's – you know, I still have to remember like he does have stuff going on that, and sometimes I, I – you know, it's, it's just so hard being a mom sometimes, you know? I mean, everything about it is. Everything about it. You have this, I have a, my, I have a daughter who's married living in San Antonio, Texas, and I'm in Reno, Nevada, and she's great. I love her husband. And she is, as we record in November, she's 37 weeks pregnant. Oh. Right. And okay. So do you remember the hope and the joy and the belly and the discomfort and the movement of the baby all the time? And like, who is this person I'm going to meet? And now you and I have teenagers and kids that are adults and stuff. And it's like, yes, I remember how I felt. And if I did it again, I'd feel that way all over again. Right. Because you don't realize how blindsided you're going to feel just by parenting. I know we're, I knew that this podcast, I know we go, we go like this. <laughs> I feel like we're like old friends, like hanging out, right? I know, but I think it's good. I think it's good. I love it. The TEDx talk though, I think there's, there are times that you feel like you're selling yourself short and times right. that you're just being a facet of yourself. And that's why I brought that up about like, I am with my friends different than I am with my kids. Yep. As they get to be adults, that sort of blends a little bit more, but I'm not my kids' friends. I'm their parent, no, even when they're be. adults. Right but it's a, it's a hybrid and I'm a certain way at a job interview and, and I'm a certain course. way, you know what I mean? And I so agree. I think for the TEDx talk, you're not selling yourself short. You're I just know. showing a facet of yourself. You. I appreciate that. Limited. Thank you. Okay, good. I, I love just, it. That's why I brought that whole thing up. Okay, we just circled around because I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you say that. I'm glad you say that because I yes. feel like, yes, I think, I think I can show up in a different, um, I don't have to be, I don't have to sell out to be a different facet of who I am. I think you're absolutely right. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been in interviews where a podcast interview where it's absolutely clean, and I can't say a swear word. Swearing oh. to me is like second nature, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I have to in every no, conversation. I agree. I totally agree. I've, right. been, I've actually been on shows where I don't where I don't have to swear. Oh where, yeah, yeah, of course. I'm good- also really excited because we met through She Podcasts, correct? I don't. Did we met She Podcasts. No, I think Todd, I think Todd Armstrong. My, Tara, um, oh my God, that's God, so yeah. weird. Okay, you're right. So yeah, how do you, it's like, interesting how we find each other. So people crazy. find each other. But I'm on She Podcast too. I spoke there. Did you speak at She Podcast? No, I didn't go, but I saw your video. I know. You have to go next year. Can we go okay. and we'll meet in person? Yes. Okay. I would love that. I would love that. So you also coach. We're derailing ourselves. Okay. It's okay. I don't care. This so is tell awful. me more. I don't, I don't care either. Tell me more about your website and what it does. Yes, you have a podcast. You have guests on that. I have a podcast. I have guests, which I love. And I, like you do. I mean, it's just like yeah. where I make my connection. And I never really thought that, um, you know, I would, I never, well, obviously I never thought I'd get divorced and yeah. um, I did. And then I tell people all the time, I made a career out of my divorce, which is crazy, right? It's like a disaster and you make it. But um, my ex and I are really good friends, yeah. which is also very rare. And I know that. So when I have guests on my, on my podcast, I have to remember um, that a lot of my listeners are not in the same space that I'm in. They're in high conflict divorces. They're in you know, horrific, hard, you know, they're not in the same, they didn't heal the way I did. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, I have to remember that sometimes, right? So my um, podcast, when I have guests on, I have guests that are for my listeners, um, which is nice because I talk about happy divorce and I talk about, talk about amicable divorce, amicable divorce, and I talk about how to do divorce right. But I have to remember that a lot of my guests um, are there for my listeners who can't be in that space. Yeah which I really love um, because I don't have that knowledge. I don't, I don't know what it's like to be in a horrific divorce. Not got, and thank God for me, but a lot of people are not where I am, um, which is nice. I, that's why I love the podcast. I do. So I'm lucky enough to be able to coach. Um, I'm a certified divorce specialist, yes. which I just received my certification, which is awesome. Um, but again, I, I'm, I rock star. Co-parenting is my, is my jam. Um, I love it. I love to help people co-parent because I'm really, all about the kids. Uh, so it's, it's really difficult for me as well when I have clients come in and they're like, they're just really um, nasty. Because <laughs> yeah. it's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard. Um, so sometimes I'll send clients that are they're just too adversarial to high conflict divorce coaches, which people that work with high conflict divorces, because I just, it's not my, it's not my, my wheelhouse. Um, right. And I have to be honest with myself and with them too. You know, like, look, I'm not a therapist. I'm also not an attorney. Some people need attorneys. They do. Yeah. I mean, I, I have lots of people that say to me, oh, no, no, they shouldn't be an attorney. And there's blah, blah. No, some people need attorneys, yeah. right? Um, I was lucky enough to use a mediator. Um, I was lucky enough I didn't need an attorney. But you can't, you can't say that, you know, I've, some people do need attorneys. Um, so I'm lucky that I didn't. But, you know, you got to be honest and real and tell people the truth. So. And you made a job out of your divorce, but yeah. the good thing is that you had such a positive experience that the people, you're right, you can't be everything no. to everyone. So there are no. going to be some people that just aren't a good fit or that really need you and more. Yes. Um, yes. That, that's great to admit yeah. and, and easy to admit really, okay. but a lot of people don't. Like I can help everybody. No, no. like you really can't. You but can't. You, you have been so successful at it that you can give people tools and tips. Yeah, yeah I love do it. That. I love it. Yeah. Your blog is about a lot of different things. 
Yeah. Mine is too. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also too, like um, people, I got a lot of, um, this is just being honest with you. I got a lot of shit from the divorced women's um, kind of divorced women in general who said that I wasn't supportive of, of divorced women because my podcast is doing divorce right or avoiding it altogether. Right. So my second book, my first book was, um, unhappy divorce, hold the bullshit. And my second is what it could have should have a divorce coach's guide to stay married. Now I am not, um, advocating staying in an an abusive or emotionally abusive or physically abusive relationship ever. The first chapter of my book is like, look, you need to get out, get out. I'm not saying stay in a marriage that's abusive or whatever, but I I do believe that if you can work on, um, on your marriage and you have children that you should stay and work. If you can put the work in, do the work, um, you know, that the divorce grass isn't greener. So kidding. Right, it, it fucking sucks. It's not, divorce is not easy. And look at even though I had a happy divorce, it was awful. Mm-hmm. My divorce, it's it's awful. Anyway, mm-hmm. slice it. Divorce is awful, right? Yes, I mean, we know. Yes. Um, so I, I think that people assume that because my divorce, my podcast is doing divorce right, that that means I'm you know pro you know um, I'm pro happy divorce. I'm not pro staying in a hap- in a in an awful marriage. Does that right. make sense? Yes. Need to say that before everyone. I do have a question though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because I've been divorced. Yes. Um, and I've worked through it, and so yeah. you are so spot on about Thank the working you. through it. God, when it's shit and it's totally shit, which right. it's going to be at some point, yeah. most yeah. likely. Yeah. And you actually make the decision to work through it. Yeah. Best decision I've ever made. Do you think? Having said that. With the divorces, even even retrospectively, when people go through a divorce, the working on it can't be one sided. No, my God, did you? That's my entire book. So, okay. like for me, that's exactly what I was okay. like. For me, like it takes two people, right? It's a choice. Yes. So that's my TED talk, basically. Like, yay! My, yes, like my husband, <laughs> my husband, my husband, and I, like we both, we both tried to, to but we jumped ship too early. Right. So people are like, well, would you regret it? Why don't you just get back? That's a question I get asked all the time. Why don't you guys just get back together if you're so right. happy? I'm like, well, what it could have should. I can't now. Like, it's too late. We, we, if I would have known then what I yeah, know yeah. now, I would have stayed married. So my book is what I get from everyone is, um, oh my God, you saved my marriage. Oh my oh. God, thank you. I get more emails from people. I just got one yesterday that made me like cry from a guy who said, I'm reading your book. I read it in two hours. I can't put it down. I'm going oh. to fix my marriage. I know what I can do now. I'm, my wife and I are at this horrible place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like that just makes my, I'm so happy. Right. right. But at the same time, I would have, Mark and I look at each other and we're like, I say this and I don't want to cry, but I do every time I speak, I say this and I'm like, I know I was the best mom ever. And Mark was the best dad, but we were shitty partners. Yeah, yeah. Shitty, you know, I was emasculating. I was a bitch. I thought I could do everything better, smarter, quicker, faster. Right. But I didn't nurture our relationship because I put my kids first, which what I, I that's, ah. what, that's what we're taught to do. Right. Like, yeah. mom, sorry, mom, but I was always taught to put my kids first, but that's, you can't be in a happy relationship, whether you're married, divorced, whatever, if you're putting your kids before your relationship. Uh, amen. Right. I didn't know that then. Um, and so now my boyfriend and I, I mean, we're three years together and yeah. we put, you know, we have, our, our kids have never met. 
Wow. I really <laughs> wanted to get in this with you. Oh, I'm like, okay. So I saw, I've cyber stalked you enough to know you live like an hour apart. Yes, an hour. Oh my God. I can't believe it. Yeah, we live an hour apart. And, and I, you talked about, well, you have an article about blended families that was yes. really curious because I'm a blended family. I know, and you're working. And why you're not. Isn't it? Is it hard? Yeah, but it's hard not to. Also, exactly. So like you and I made different compromises. Right. Ours right. was we jumped in 100% full right. on with a blended you family. Said, we're going to do it. You're like, we're not going to give up ever. Right. And you just, how old are your did. kids? Well, the kids now are, we only have three under the age of 18. Oh my God. It's crazy. So we have two high school students and a, a little, a daughter turning And how 10. old were they? Can I ask when you blended? Oh God. Um, okay. So I'm going to, so the 13 core, like we've got five kids that are extra, they've aged out with us and stuff, but the okay. 13 kids, that, I call them, uh, you know, they're permanent residents because we have papers on them. Sure, I, sure, that's sure. not politically correct. Um, <laughs> which is why I like they're, it. They're under your Whatever. So they okay. were 21. Um, Two 17-year-olds. It's so hard for me to do this. It's okay. Don't worry. So about two 17-year-olds, they were, they were from four years old, 12 of them from four to 17. But and there's no way, but there's no way you couldn't have blended. There's no way. You there's had to. no, well, he, we, you have to make decisions. Um, Dan and I knew in the beginning of our relationship, because he, at the time he was going to work at 2.30 in the morning. Right. So he's in bed at 6 PM yeah. and I'm working yeah, a nine to five. Like yeah. there was, there were, and his day off was Sunday and Wednesday. So there's no way you could have, there was no, no way. We had one day a week on Sunday that we could even see each other and spend time together at all. Oh and then God. there was like about 30 minutes. And so living in separate houses, Wouldn't have we just knew immediately we, we might as well just end it before right. we start it. Right. So basically, happen. basically like those situations, you got to do it, right? You've got to put, you've got- if, if, Or if, end it. I mean- Or end it. Like, <laughs> right. But you have no choice, right? I mean, give me a break. Right. Yeah. We right. were forced into deciding to blend or end. I gotcha. See, so- You are different. So tell me about yours. Okay. So basically in my research that I've done, blended families, the, the rate of the, the statistics- statistically, I can't even say it, 74% of blended families have new divorce. And I knew this going in. So I'm like, okay, I get that. And my, my, my boyfriend and I, we both have teenagers, all teenagers. Now I'm, I really do believe if the kids are younger, the younger the kids are, the easier it is to blend. Yeah. Um, blending teenagers is oh my God. a shit show. It's an absolute shit show. And we knew that our yeah. kids were going to be out of the house. All of them were basically going to be out of the house in the next two years. We were like, why even do that to them? Why even yeah. put them in the same, why? Meanwhile, we live an hour apart. We have week on, week off, the same exact schedule. Ah, So right. it just made sense that- That's what we, I thought. Yeah, week together, week apart. And he could give his kids his full attention his week, my week same, and then we'd be together a week. So we're Got together it. a full week together. We're apart with our kids a week apart, together apart. His, I've met his kids a hundred million times. He, my kids love him, but okay. our kids never met. And Why? Why? Well, because here's the thing. I, I mean, they know about each other. We don't hide each other from them. You know, like they, his kids know that I have two boys and my kids, but they're never going to meet unless we get married. Why? Unless, unless we five years from now end up getting married, they, they're never going to know each other. They're never going to have to be at holidays together because we're a week apart. So like, for right. example, Christmas, if it falls on my week, I'm with my family. He's with his. It's so bizarre. It's like we never end up there's never a time that they would have to be together because we're never on the same weeks. Does that make sense? It does. 
and it could totally work. I mean, <laughs> three years has worked. So it's like, I, right? yeah, I, I like, know it's like people are like, you're you not. are the polar opposite right. in this right. than I am. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I, and, and also it's your comfortability. Are you right. comfortable seeing a person for a week and then not for a week and being right. an hour away? I mean, like there's all of those things. Right, and it's hard. It is really hard. And there's yeah. also, there's also points like, like I'll say, like my husband will be like, um, for example, like he'll take the kids for Christmas because I'm Jewish and Catholic. I'm both. I'm a cashew. Okay. I'm a cashew. So <laughs> my mom is like, well, we want you to be with us for Christmas this year. So we'll switch weeks. So okay. this, this time, like I can actually be with Jim. So he'll actually ask, like, well, it's, it always happens where like sometimes we get more time with each other. Right. It's really right, right. So like he'll be with my kids and my family. And he, so it, it all ends up being, but the kids, it never, the kids are the same weeks. Does that make sense? Yeah. Weeks stay. So, yeah. I mean, even with our situation and living in the same house, yeah. just the kids' schedule made things yeah. difficult because oh, we yeah. weren't on the same. No. That makes no. a huge difference. Eventually, oh, yeah. we kind of got there. But yeah, I mean. Could you even imagine? Yeah. <laughs> with all those kids, you could never have done I, it. I never. mean, can you? I can't. You just I can't, can't imagine do unless no. you do it. No. You know. So. I can't even. No. How, long, how long have you been together, you guys? Six years. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got your thing down. It's down pat. You've got it. It's done. Yeah. It's and now the kids have gone. I mean, like I said, the oldest of that group was 21 and just moved out. She had moved out, come back in college, kind of get her debt and get, yep. get her shit figured out, which we yep. kind of need to do. And then she had moved out like the same month that he and I met and it wasn't planned that way. It was just the progress just that out. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had eight kids at home and he had his four and we 12 kids at home. And 10 of them were born or 12 of them were born in 10 and a half years. So they were all like, we have now. I can um, only imagine what, how amazing. And so am it like, is, it's just probably like, like, but, like crazy, right? It, the, the whole thing, it's crazy no matter. So I think what you've probably learned from working with so many people, either in their divorce and making it more That's amicable exactly what you're gonna say. or, <laughs> or staying together, that there are a bazillion different ways to cut the cake, right? And none of, there's no right, like I'm, I'm writing book two now and it's like the non-parenting parenting book. There shouldn't be That's a parenting awesome. book. There shouldn't I be agree. a, there oh, shouldn't be you. a, well, because yes. we're all so different and every situation's different. And so there's I no, there's no magic what? fucking wand. I Wait, I'm writing it down. What's your first book? I don't have it. Oh, I'll send it to you in the PDF. Okay, we'll, we'll, I'll, send it, okay. we'll send it back. We'll send, back we'll send books. Okay. Look at this. But wait a minute. Um, so you're, the thing about it too is like, I tell my clients all the time, it's a choice. Like that's yeah. my TED Talk. It's a Make the choice. You're either choose happy. That's my TED Talk. Choose happy. Like oh. just choose to be happy. Like whether you're, right. it's all work. Like do you want to yes. choose to be happy married or choose to be happy divorced? Just choose it. Wake up every day and choose to be happy. So like your situation, like you, that was your choice. You made it and it's right. making it happen. Done. And yours is your choice and you're right. happy. I mean, right. So everybody like needs to do that. Yes. That's the biggest thing, yes. right? Yes. Let's talk about your struggles. Let's oh. go back. There it is. My, yeah, but I mean, my struggle basically, you know, um, where do I even start? I mean, I think one of my, my biggest, um, oh my God, I mean, where I have so many, I don't even know right. which one to pick, right? I mean, I, I think really basically my struggle was through, through my marriage was um, my biggest struggle was dealing with obviously a special needs kid. Um, okay. I, I never want to blame, you never, you know, blaming the child, it's not, but it definitely put us, Mark and I just, at, we just, yeah. you know, you think you're going to have 
you know, your child's healthy. And also with autism and with Asperger's, the baby looks, the baby, everything looks perfect. Yeah. Everything's perfect. And then at 18 months, you're like, holy shit. What what do you mean? You know? So, um, and then everyone else thinks he's perfect because no one understands. And then, you know, 18, Jonah's 17 now. Right. So 17 years ago, they knew much less than they do now. Much less. Yep. My son who's autistic is 20. He just turned 20. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like you just, back then you didn't know. And it's so hard to get a diagnosis. Oh God. It was, yeah. I mean, and then nobody gets it. And like your friends don't understand. And he's crying under the table at a birthday party because he's scared of this. It's loud and the lights and you know what I mean? And you're like, and you're like, but he doesn't get it. You're trying to protect him and you're trying to, but you don't want to do too much for him because you want him to. And it's like, oh my God. Right. And now I look at this kid and I'm like, holy shit. Yes. He's, so, he's amazing. Right. Right. But like, you know, you just go through that. It's like. So you guys got married and mm-hmm. things were good. I don't know if things were ever good. Okay. That's my TED, that's my TED talk too. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm blowing I, the TED talk. Sorry, let's everyone. Let's right here, everybody. I'm yeah. not really sure I ever. <laughs> Am I asking the exact questions the exact that TED asks? Questions. Okay. You are. I just, like, <laughs> I just don't think I ever. Um, I think that truly, I, I thought I had to get married. I, thought uh, I, yep. I think that at 27, like all my friends are married and uh-huh. I had like bridesmaids dresses in every color, you know, like basically, you know, and I think that I just thought, you know, Jen, you got to have kids and you got to get married and let's do it now. And this is a great guy and he'll make a great, you know, and it was just the progression of what I was supposed to do. And I don't think I ever thought about what a good partner was going to look like and a good husband, I was looking for the baby daddy, right? Oh, okay. That was just me. And I, and I don't, I think I can admit it now. I'm doing a whole TED talk, but I think um, that I, I, that was my struggle within me um, was to be the perfect, you know, um, the perfect wife, the perfect whatever. And I don't think I ever was really who I wanted to be until now. And now I'm being being Jennifer, the Jennifer that, that, that I should have been. I think that we push our, we, society pushes our kids to grow up too fast, move too fast, be moms, be whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I needed more time um, to find out who I was. And yeah, you know, and there's no manual. And here are the things, like I just said, there shouldn't be a parenting manual. Everybody with marriage and divorce does it differently. There's yes. no one right way. Nope. But at the same time, we're completely unprepared, I think. Absolutely. And I think if I could, this is a huge thing for me. I'm really working hard to do this. I, I think that every newlywed couple between one year and five years needs to come see me. Mm. My favorite group of people to work with are newlyweds because they're so naive. I'm not yeah. being mean, but they're like, everything is wonderful and everything is, we're, we're in love and we're, okay, but here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the gift of reality. Like it's going to go away and that's okay. Like it's right. okay that you're going to stop those, those, that oxytocin yummy feeling. It's going to go, but that's life. And you're going to fall out of love and then back in and you're going to fall out and back in, but that's stay there at seven years and 10 years. Don't leave just because you don't, you're not, the, your heart doesn't flutter when the garage door goes up, right? Stay because you're going to fall and it's going to be respect and admiration. And, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to trust that man 
and it's going to turn, you know, these, these kids, these young <laughs> millennials, they believe in slow love, which is awesome, Helen. Right. But like, um, they need to, they need to stay there instead of jumping to divorce because they're missing that feeling. So right? they're not slow divorce. They're slow they're love, slow, but they're slow love. Right. Which so, is you know, a shame. It's and so- Helen Fisher, she's an, um, I'm sorry, she's a biological anthropologist and she believes in slow love. And she's talks about how millennials are awesome at this. They're taking longer to get married. They're taking love yes. more seriously, which is lowering the divorce rate, which is incredible, but, um, they need to stay there, stay there, stay in their marriages. Yeah. It doesn't stay utopic. I mean, just, right. I remember being 17 and moving out on my own and thinking I get to do it my way now. Oh, and I'm awesome. going do it better. And I want my kids to take everything I did and do it a step better. So that there's no fault in saying that, but you have this utopic idea of just moving out on your own. And then you get there and it's like, Oh shit. Right. Yeah. You, you still can't put everything that you want in the grocery cart. No. Yeah. You have to think about it. And you know, I think like, I just thought, um, you know, I'll get my, 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 I'll graduate from college and then I'll get my, I'll meet the guy and then I'll have the wedding and then I'll have the baby and then I'll have the, what, but like, what happened to like the part where I have the career and I have the, you know, I have, what happened to that, Jen? Where did I don't know. It went out the window. I never finished college. No. Right. So like now I'm doing what, what I'm doing now is what I should have done before I got married and had kids. It's like flipping the... Yes. And this is my question though. And this is, I have this question about um, relationships as well. So it's kind of a life question. So the issue is, I didn't know then what I know now. Right. That's my book. Okay. Right. Right. So I couldn't have done the career on the front end. No, no. So if I had finished, it would have been still, it would have ended up being what I had wanted in a very different way. Okay. And that's not the case for everybody. Right. And I was a communications major, psych mi- minor, and I did journalism. Right? Sure. Well, so that, right. like, okay, I was actually on the right path. On the right the path. Right, right. So what do we do to our, what, how but, do we, yeah. How do you tell your younger self or the kids that are that age, like our right. kids, right. how do we give them that knowledge when that like gift. Right. their social emotional is just not there yet? It's not they, there. They don't have the life experience. The same thing with getting married. I think, you know, Dana and I talk like, God, I wish we had met 20 years ago and we right. could have done this for a longer time. We weren't the same people. No, you're I think not. He because... would have been an asshole and I would have not liked him and he right. would have thought like it would it wouldn't have been what it is now. Right. It took well, because us the divorce and right. the well, that's what I say every minute. It took it took growing up, but I think the gift that we can give our the younger generations is teaching them what we're talking about now, is doing right. what we're doing now, is having conversations like this and podcasts like this, and yeah. and actually saying. Y- y'all need to see Jennifer Hurwitz and, you know, Jen, we need to yes. actually have these conversations with the younger people and say, you had the gift of time. You have to slow down and you have to give yourself this gift because it- it's not all about being quicker, faster. You know, you, you have time. I tell my boys all the time, I don't care if you know what you're doing right now. You don't no. need to know what your career path is. I don't care if you know what college you're going to, Right. Yep. The, the pressure they put on these kids. It's ridiculous. It them. makes me shame. mad. Mad too. Shame on oh. everybody. Shame on these high schools. Shame yep. on the SAT people. Shame on the colleges. Yep. No kid at 16 or 17 years old should know no. what they want to do. No. And I tell my kids, like my, my counselor's giving me a hard time because I'm not picking a college major as a junior. And I'm like, I'm, I'm happy to go have a chat with them. And I think colleges do it wrong. I think the I think first so two years, you should pick anything that you think is remotely fun 
interesting. I agree like, with you. Take photography, okay. even though you've never done photography, like learn to develop film, like what, what just, they have, they have classes now where you can like hike the U.S. for six Yeah, weeks yeah, gap year, take a like, gap year, go to something oh else God. and go to college. Everything, but then look at all of the things after two years that you took and rate them and how much you like them. I love that idea. Who are those top yeah. few? what degrees include right. those top few? Right. But then like they, they do, do it backwards. Is, right. But you know what they do too? They're charging so much money. Oh my and God. It's stupid. And, and the loans and they're coming out of college with all this I know. debt. So they and can't they, take two years to figure no, out what they, they like. They can't take two years to figure because it's too expensive. Right. Right. It's a, shame. it's a shame. I think they should do a life experience two-year associate's degree where you can I compile. Agree. And yeah, there should be some stipulations on it, but not English, math, history, unless those no. are the things you're passionate I agree. about. I agree. I and, just think it's really yeah. too bad. I think that it, all it's so that, backwards. Yeah, it is totally. I just feel so much. It's so much pressure. And also, like girls feel like they have to have kids now so early because there's all this hype with the autism and the and the freezing. There, I'm like, clients come to me and they're like, you know, I do online dating profiles and stuff, and they're like, I have to find a guy. I have to find a guy. I'm like, no, girl, you don't. You don't have to find a guy at 25 years old to get married. You have till you're 35, honey. That's right. 10 full years. Slow down. Take a breath. Slow but these down. Girls, they're all so hyped up. You should see. It's just nuts. It's nuts. That's too bad. Um, I, know, right? I don't see that with my kids. As oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Good. I just wish that like that more, I, I wish that younger, I say younger, but like the millennials would come see me. I scared yeah. the shit out of them. I was sitting next to a girl on a plane. She was okay. 24, 24. And she's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. And she's like, oh my God, you're a relationship coach. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's like, oh my God, can I ask you a couple questions? And I'm like, sure. She's like, I have this guy that I'm dating. And I'm like, take a breath, honey, take a breath. She's like, he just, you know, he's this and he's that. I'm like, you will have, you should have 10 guys that you are dating before you get married. You're 24, <sighs> honey. You're 24, you know? She's like, thank you so much. Can I take your card? I'm like, sure, sure. <laughs> Thinking, you know, it's just like these poor Yeah, kids. you don't, you know, okay. So I want to touch base on something there that you said, because I remember I graduated at 17. I was in college at 17. Okay. Me so too. So just a year young, no me big too. deal. I was too. I was a December baby. I started I early. October, I, same as me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, um, but still I was young. And, um, and I went to Michigan state. It was huge. That's overwhelming. Huge. And I was so overwhelmed. So the whole thing is overwhelming. Now I totally lost track. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. You were going to ask me a question about the age, about the age and the girl that was on the plane and. Oh God, I don't know. Let's just keep going. It'll come back to me. (laughs) That doesn't usually happen, but so I'm totally cool with talking. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's there's, but there's so many things. Oh, I remember being that age and thinking, my mom was 21 when she had me right? and thinking that like forties was so fucking old. I know. And like my life was going to deteriorate. I also know statistically that you and I, our parents' generation is one of the most unhealthy generations to date. I looked that up because I was like, it's yeah. got to be, it has, yeah. that generation has to have been the most unhealthy in so many ways yeah. because my mom was so overweight and yo-yo dieting and obese and, you know, addictions to men and food and just yeah. very, and my dad was a raging alcoholic, meanest person I ever met. And so oh. I remember looking at the forties, like, oh my God, my life might as well be over. And I'm like 20 now. And so I don't have very much longer. Now, what's different is that we had the most unhealthy generation as an example. Right. And yeah. so I'm turning 49 in a few days. 
Oh and God, I'm so like, good. God, it's awesome. Yeah, right? Don't you feel but like we, it's the best? It, it is the best for lots of reasons. And I hope that our kids, that generation sees that. I hope oh, so. Oh, it's not over at 40. It's not over at 50, 60, 70, I so. 80. I hope so. But our generation, our us, this generation looked at our parents and I did not want to become that. It no. was terrifying and life did seem over and they, they do struggle with a lot of health issues yeah. that I think you and I don't have because we looked at that and went, wait a right. minute. Right. I think we, if we do this different, maybe it will be better. And we were I right. Hope. Eating healthier, so. all of that oh, exercise. The stupid health thing I have going on. Do you believe that? Did I, did you read about okay. that? Yes. <laughs> so you put out one blog post and you were like, and I'm so glad that you were honest about how pissed you are at your diagnosis. Let's talk about this because this is because I know we're all over the place and I just don't yeah, give okay. a shit. But this is a struggle of yours that you're just starting. And I forgot I'm, about that because I, I love that you were you. angry and you talked about being angry. Well, so, you know what? I was yeah, I was really mad. You know, it's funny. I I I try to really stay up on my health. Yeah, and I I think I'm pretty good. I mean, I was a, a nurse back in way in high school. That was my I, that that'll tell you anything. I um, went to Michigan State and I. Got, later got my nursing degree and didn't take my boards because I decided to be a DJ. My parents were so proud. Um, so I'm pretty medically, I have a medical background. So I thought like, you know, like I'm pretty good. Um, and so around August, I got this crazy diagnosis after two years of like all this crazy nutty shit happening to me, like my stomach and this crazy thing in my eye and I'll make it short and sweet so I don't have to go into crazy. But I, I did this, this podcast and I'm like, it was a birthday message to my, my listeners saying, happy birthday to you. Um, I'm going to share something about me so that you guys all go and check your health. And my birthday present is self-awareness. And my birthday present to you is, um, you know, just basically saying, go and, and be real and take some time out and, and, and self-knowledge and knowledge is power and truth is power. I'm going to share my truth with you. And I got diagnosed with um, an autoimmune disease, which I've never even heard of. I couldn't even say it. And I was like, what in the actual, what is this? It's called ankylosing spondylitis. Um, it's in the same family as MS. And oh. I was like blown out of the, like my whole world just, just like blew up because I'm, I, I, I mean, I think I'm pretty healthy. And so now I have to have um, infusions uh, every six weeks. My insurance is not like not helping. They're like, they're $5,000 a pop. Oh, and I'm like, I, I'm like, you've got to be kidding. So I'm fighting with my insurance company. And, um, if you Google it, I'm not, even, it just, it's the scariest thing ever. So of course I'm Googling and my parents are upset and my family's upset and my kids, it's actually genetic. So my boys oh. have to, yeah. So it's like all this crazy shit. So, um, yeah. So I, I just was like, you know what? Like it, it's just, I was so mad, so mad because so many doctors had missed it. So many how, how did the, did, was it a blood test that diagnosed you? Yes. Yeah. So what happened was, um, my eye doctor, so nice. Uh, I had gone to three eye doctors cause I have this thing called, it's called uveitis, which was diagnosed with conjunctivitis. Someone said it was what all these itises in my eye. And finally I went to this great doctor and she's like, that is not, um, an infection that is inflammation of your eyeball. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you need to see a rheumatologist. And I was like a rheumatologist. And she's like, that is something bigger. She didn't want to scare me. She's like, but you need to go now. I was like, yep. okay. So I went to a rheumatologist who is for autoimmune diseases and he tested me for, took like 12 miles of blood. They did all these x-rays and whatever. And they came back. I have a marker. Um, it's HLA-237 um, for ankylosing spondylitis, which is um, 
an autoimmune disease that, you know, I carry this marker and it's genetic. And I was like, took two years for you guys to get this. It's like, what the fuck, you know? So right. it's just, you know, it sucks, but um, you know, it is what it is. And I just have to deal with it. And my eye is all crazy and it's just, it's annoying. It's more annoying. And, you know, like, look, like the long-term effects of it are really scary. Um, but you know, I'm glad I found out now. So well, the earlier you find out about anything, yes. the better it yes. is. But yes. how bizarre. So how much more could have been done preventatively if they had caught it sooner? Well, this is the thing. So typically with ankylosing, with AS, you don't present symptoms until you're 40, between 40. But the crazy thing is like, so it causes um, degenerative spine disorder. Okay. So it's lower back stuff. And it also causes what's called bamboo spine, where your spine actually stiffens. Stiff. Mm-hmm. and you can't move. You end up not being able to walk, right? And the thing in my eye would cause blindness. So, right, right? So um, it's weird. Like about five or six years ago, I started having like all this lower back pain when I was waking up in the morning. I was like, oh, this is so weird. I, I just thought I was sleeping funny or I, you know, but now that you think back, you're like, oh, that makes sense, right? Oh, yeah. okay. Like, I guess I wasn't supposed to be having pain when I walked down the stairs of the movie theater. Like after sitting for two hours, no one right. else is having problems. Why did I have problems? You know, like, or sitting on an airplane. Uh-huh. I was having so much pain in my knees. And I'm like, oh, it's just, it must be me. But now I know what it's from. So now it's like, I can't take a long flight without walking around. And I have to, but stupid shit. But it's fine. Like, um, you know, now I know. And I do, they did all these back x-rays. And I do have um, some degenerative stuff in my, in my degeneration of my certain lumbar, whatever. But I'm fine. It's good. I'm, I'll be fine. That's what we say anytime, just 411 for everyone out there. Anytime a woman says the I'm word fine, fine, she's really not. It's she's fine. Lying. I'm fine. That's fine. It's all, it's everyone's fine. That is, that's called a volcano statement. It means that underneath it's all she's going to explode. explode. Right. She's full of shit. And she's yes. lose I don't know who she's kidding herself or everyone else, but yes, when she you hear the word fine, fine everything right. should stop right. immediately. Right. So it's the, not fine. It's scary it's really as not. hell. I just don't want your listeners to like call me being like, she's going to look. Yeah. But like the infusion sucked. Like it's two and a half hours. Okay. So that was my next question. Every yes. six weeks you have to get this done. Oh, it's like two and a half hours, stick a needle. Like, like it's like, and then I had, the worst part is that I had um, side effects from the infusion. The first one, I was supposed to have four infusions every other week for six, like the first, in the first two months, it's called a loading right. dose and right. they couldn't do it because- as I had side effects from the first infusion and that sucked. So I only have, I've only had one infusion when I was supposed to have four. Oh God. So what were the side effects? Um, I had TMI, I had horrible diarrhea and then I got a bladder, I got a bladder infection. Okay. And so I had to take antibiotics and you can't be on an, you can't have an infusion when you're on antibiotics because oh, your immune on. system is, yeah. So then also the other thing is too, like, this is the worst part. I can't have Botox. <laughs> Like really? Fuck! Like, <laughs> okay, because they can't have any live, um, but I can't have any live virus, live live anything. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't have Botox? And I was like, for the rest of my life, they're like, no. I'm like, okay, forget it. I'd rather have, <laughs> I'd rather have all the other issues because now with the fu- I'm like, there's got to be something else for me to do because I cannot have no Botox. Um, yeah, but so then um, you can't. The, your immune system is depressed from the infusion, so like right. Flying is hard and I can't like, I'm like, really? <laughs> so it just sucks. It's, 
No, it's just something that in life that blindsides you that you have to yeah. deal with. There is no plan B. This is plan, we're, we've arrived. <laughs> we're there. This is plan B. Right. You just don't right. like it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, the thing is too, like to to your listeners and your viewers and everybody, like just stay aware of the little things that everyone's like, you know, I like feel like I'm a, like a hypochondriac, but be knowledge is power. And so if you think that you have something like I had this weird stomach shit going on and I was like, oh, it's nothing, it's gas or it's something I'm eating or it's gluten, but like, just go to the doctor and don't let the doctor tell you it's nothing because it's, right. it's, it's something like if you're not feeling well, it's something, there's something going on. So yeah. take, take your intuition. It's like when, when our kids are diagnosed, right? With, with autism. Yeah. You knew, didn't you know something was wrong? I knew something was wrong. Oh, I mean, I went in and I said, I don't know if it's autism. He's been right. diagnosed as autistic and not, so I had to go right. to like the university, there were two in the nation, blah, yeah. blah, blah, do this. Right. It took months to actually do the I diagnosis. Know. It took a couple but of years. But you never stopped. The waiting list. No, you never stopped. And, right. I, and I looked at her and I go, I don't give a shit if he's autistic. Yeah, I don't need a diagnosis. Treat the symptoms. I, I want right, right. to know what's going on. One, right. because unfortunately we need that for insurance. Yes. We need yes. a diagnosis. Of course. And two, if I know what it is, I know how to best help him. Of course. You can and be his advocate. I feel, right. Sometimes I feel like, could I be doing a better job at no, being his advocate and helping him? Am I off a little bit? And I don't know that if I don't know what's going on with him. You had to know. I don't, I don't care what the diagnosis is. No. I just need to know what it is yeah. so that I can best serve I my know. son. And it is the same with us and our health. I totally agree. Yeah. And it's not like, did you have a, you had a great eye doctor. A great, she was the best. Like okay. the finally, I went to two eye doctors who told me it was something else. And then she walked, she, I walked in like this. She's like, that's not an infection. That's inflammation. You need to go. She's like, I couldn't, I was using steroids in my eye. She's like, you're going to go blind if you keep using this. You need to. And I was like, oh my God, like, like a whole, like, I couldn't believe how stupid the, uh, no offense, how stupid the other two doctors were. And this amazing, it took one doctor, but I kept right. going. You right. Kept and that's the problem. There yeah. are great people yes, out there yes, that yes. are, and that you have to get, have you know, to. like we have a rheumatologist for our daughter that is so oh. outstanding. I'm Does like, she have an autoimmune? Does she have an AI? She, she has juvenile arthritis. Oh my God. Okay. But all of these things are, all of these yes. things are either inflammatory or autoimmune. Yes. Does Why she the hell do, are they happening so I much? I don't know. I, I don't know. Does she do infusions or shots or anything? Nope. Because we've she controlled doesn't. everything with diet. We Good. knew what do, it was. Perfect. Does she do gluten-free? Yes. Do you think it works? I'm just asking your opinion. I don't want yes. to stop eating. You do. Oh, fuck, I have to stop. Okay, so this is what happened. We, it's been over a year. So we, we did, we cut all dairy, red meat, and gluten and sugar immediately. It was really, and we ate so healthy. And I thought, I got this. Oh my God, it's so hard. So, so hard. Oh, but we did it. And her diet sucked and she hates it. And she was an I, eight when she got diagnosed, right? So like no eight-year-old wants to eat no, it. And no. it was in the end of September. So a month later was Halloween. So we came up, we came up, no, we came up with this great plan. We did all the trick-or-treating. She sold her candy to her siblings. This year she made $40. And then she gets to use the money and spend it on whatever she wants. Oh, candy you're candy. a good mom. Okay. So you, ha you have to really can I sell my candy to you? I don't know if I can do it. I can't, I can't. I'm trying really hard to like make it's little, like, it's really hard because I really love bread. Hard. Love it. I know. It's hard. And gluten. So like I made a new batch, a new recipe last night of gluten-free cookies. And we had to figure out like there's eight grams of sugar in each cookie, which is two teaspoons or whatever it was, four grams. In, oh, I don't know. You know mom. what? I So I have to manipulate. I make the 
recipes the way they're supposed to be. And then I figure out how can I change them to make them fit us better? Oh and God, you figure, like, man. I can send you the best flour that I've used, like, everything. But I don't like to cook either. That's a problem. I now, here's the thing with gluten-free. You can go to these amazing gluten-free bakeries. Amazing. They use the worst oil. So you have a different problem. And right. the sugar level, they're like, oh, it's gluten-free, so, so it'll taste like shit. So we'll add three times the sugar. Right. And sugars, that's my problem. Gluten sugar are the two <sighs> biggest triggers for inflammation. Oh, that's Period. my problem. Yeah, that's all I eat. That's all I eat is sugar and gluten. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Inflammation uh-huh. is so hard. So you just have to find the anti-inflammatory diets. And there's lots well, of really do, cool stuff. Do you believe in, I know we're going way off the rails, but we have to go soon. Do you ever, do you believe in like doTERRA, any of that, um, the like vitamins or pills or, or like, yeah. what do they, do you use all that too? No, I don't do, do I do pills and I do a couple. Um, okay, you'll tell me. You'll tell me I will. That. We can, okay. we can post game. But okay. here's the thing. The thing about anything is that once you have the diagnosis, you're, you, what you are right now is you're armed with knowledge, which is exactly yes. what you do with your divorce yes. coaching. Yes. Okay. I'm not here to give you the answer. I'm here to arm you with knowledge yes. so that when you, you make a decision, right, and you're right. going to feel good about it and you're going to know. Yes. And um, so if she wants to eat a gluten hamburger bun when we have the whole family over, mm-hmm. we know what we have to do in right. order for her to have that. And I don't right. like doing it. That I don't, I don't like, okay, this is going to hurt your body. So this yeah. is what we're going to yeah. do in the right. next three days so that you're able to do that. Sometimes right. that's totally fucking worth it. Yeah. Like sometimes like maybe she'll have to have, like she, you yeah. too. Yes. It's yes. Good. You will know how it affects your body and you will do it anyway, yep. knowing that it will affect your body and knowing what to do to take care of your body in that situation. Cause it was worth it. Right. Same is true for your coaching with people for divorce. Yes. 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 How in line is this diagnosis with your coaching? It's got to be like parallel. Well, it's just the whole thing. You know what? I feel also that it also was a big wake up call for me because um, my stress level was up here and okay. I, it took no time for me ever. So the two and a half hours that I have to sit for the infusion was the first time I've ever sat for two and a half hours ever. <sighs> Ever. Oh, isn't that I was crazy? Like, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I have to, and I had to sit there and I can't, I can't text and I can't work because my hand is in my, an IV. And I'm like, well, oh, oh, oh my, I have to sit there. So maybe it's just, it's just me time that I have to take. It's like someone's way of saying, this is it. Like, this is a live wake up call and you've got to slow the fuck down because this yeah. isn't okay anymore. You know? Wow. How crazy is that? Yeah. It still sucks. Yes. God, and, and, and I mean, getting mad is totally legitimate. Yeah. Tell I'm me about mad. some of the biggest, like, I don't love to put people on the spot, but I don't think this That's one okay. will be too bad. So when you've had somebody come in either as an absolute shit show where your thought is probably going to end in divorce, just want to make it as good as possible. Yeah. And it's yeah. a total opposite. Oh God. When have you been surprised by, or someone who's like, no, I think we've got this and they've ended up getting divorced, where the outcome is not what you thought it was going to be at all or what they thought it was going to be, but it ended up better because. Do you have stories like that? That's really You know what? A lot of times I don't. Is. Well, yeah, the, I'm trying to think. I don't really have a lot of clients that um, typically they know what they're, mm. what's going on when they come to me. Okay. Um, and usually, this is very strange. Usually, if someone reaches out to me and they're in an unhappy, like a sexless or something's going on with their marriage, they reach out to me solo. 
and they they ask for stuff like you know what um i need help i i i don't know what to do i'm feeling like blah 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 but i don't know how to approach my wife or i don't know how to approach my husband very it's very strange i wish that i had more couples come to me together yeah but i usually send those couples to a sexologist okay so in our last Which 10 minutes okay yes <laughs> and we have a, just a very bit of time we do. But one of the things that you, like, this is easy to find that you talk about yes. online is sex in a relationship. Oh, yes. It's my, I love to talk. I was my favorite thing. I do too. And part of that is because that was one of the biggest struggles for me in relationships is not having enough yes. sex. I was like the dude I wanted every day. I'm sick. It'll make me feel better. I have a headache. It'll make it feel better. Yes. I stress. Well, you're great. Like, every no... man would love you. Every right. man would talk to you love you. Because uh, yeah, that's sex. not true. Because in four serious oh. relationships, it's been so... Oh, interesting, right? Is interesting. I am not getting what I want, and it's been a big, well, that's, big issue. that's typically the issue is that what right. you're not getting. It's always, it's always one person that's not getting either getting or not. That's the issue. Why is it so hard? So, I've been single after a divorce. Okay, I've been mm -hmm. in four serious relationships, and in between those first three. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm with a women's running group and we all talk, they're like, oh, I'm so glad it's winter because I don't need to shave my legs. And I'm like, if you were suddenly single, oh my God. what are the top 10, right? What are the top 10 things you would do? You get a Brazilian wax, you get your eyebrows you done. That? I read your... I wrote an article called my, my perfect pussy. I mean, you have to like, oh. it is, oh, I know. Like, it do you is, know that? You. I know. Do you know that? I'm like, perfect. I'm so glad. Do you know people, men would love you. Men would love, like, do you know that, um, that, that, um, the phrase sexless marriage is Googled 21,000 times a month. Oh, that makes me, it's the most fun part. It's like you and I can be oh my best God, everyone's friends. Like, everyone's calling you right now. Good thing you're with someone. I mean, men, yeah. and it's really, but here's the thing. There are so many reasons that are legit for not having sex. That okay. I think, okay. So many legit reasons like um, hormones, um, stress at work. I mean, there are, there are really legit, but they, but they're only legit you can only use those reasons for like a week or two or three. So like I have people that say, well, you know, I, I'm, we're just, you know, the baby and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, okay, that works for about a week or two or three. It doesn't work for nine months. It doesn't work yeah. for a year. Right. So you can only say, um, the kids are blah, blah, blah. And then I say, well, how long has it been? And they say nine months. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I, as a roommate, and you say that on one of your talks and yeah. I just think, you know, if you and I are best friends and we, we talk on the phone and I tell you, we talk about our artistic kids and just the stuff that's happening. There's nothing different about that relationship than with our partners, except right. the decisions that I make with you don't change our relationship. The decisions right. that I make with my partner do change our relationships. They right. do impact it. Right. And, um, you can't just bitch and commiserate. You right. actually have to have action in that relationship. Right. And why? Well, yeah. The problem is, is Drunk. that, um, here's the thing. Sexual conversations are the most difficult and tough conversations to have. Why? No one, I mean, why? why? Why can't we have the tough conversations? It's, this is the one thing I tell my, everybody, whoever I'm speaking to, you have to have the conversations outside of the bedroom. A lot of my clients, my friends, they say to me, well, we were talking about it. You know, we, we were trying to have sex. No, 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 no. Right there, I stopped them. We were trying to have sex and I told him, no, 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 no. <laughs> Anytime you're in bed and you're trying to talk about sex, that's not working. Yeah. You, you, no. Take time outside when you're at dinner, when you're happy, when you're watching a movie. I don't care what it is. It puts too much pressure. Those tough conversations yeah. are hard enough. Why would you do it in the bedroom? 
right? Yeah. Um, it's just, they are really tough. It becomes like, you know, like when you're laying in bed and like, well, this doesn't happen with you because you like to have sex. But when a lot of people are laying in bed and there's like, oh my God, don't touch me. I hope he doesn't touch me. Oh my gosh, she's going to touch mm. me. It's like that whole like feeling of like, that was used to be me and my ex. We used to, like, I don't know if you, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pretend I'm sleeping. I don't want, it's like that whole, like, why does it, why do you, why does it get there? But then after we had sex, I used to be like, oh my God, that was awesome. Why yeah. don't you do that more often? I really loved that. You know, it's like, you just have to, one of you has to, it, it, it's like, yeah. it's just, it, it's really, really crazy. It's crazy. What yeah. I hear from my clients. But it doesn't, and just because I'm the one that really loves sex doesn't mean, I mean, he loves sex too. And that's not what I'm saying. Right. It's the best right. it's ever been. Right. But um, you're so right about having conversations outside the bedroom. Right. And I can tell you from experience of being divorced, one of the first things you're going to do is clean up your whole act, perfect oh, yeah. pussy, right? Yeah. Well, you should. And invest in yourself, right? right. And you're going right. to have sex. Right. So why the hell can't you do that now? It's funny, you know, I have friends that did get divorced and that was the last thing they wanted. Oh, okay. They like, and they were like, you know what? I'm so glad I don't Finally. have to do that anymore. Finally, okay. I'm free. Now, you know what? Whether it's hormones, whether it's there are certain age and they're like, you know what? I'm just not interested anymore. But I feel like that's, a, that's an issue. You should go to, the, go to the doctor and talk to someone about why aren't you, why don't you want to have sex? Why don't yeah. you have those feelings? Why, that is, that's a hormonal issue. I really right. feel strongly. You should want to be intimate, you know, whether it's touching, you know, um, holding hands or snuggling. There are people that I know that don't even want to be touched anymore. Well, it's so sad. You know, it's, it's like, so sad to me because it's so know, fulfilling. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And I mean, and the hormones that are released when you're having sex, oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, those are hormones that make you happy. They're stress releasing, stress reducing. They are just loving hormones and cuddling hormones and like your whole life changes, right? Now it's okay not to have sex. It's okay to say to your partner, I'm just not into it tonight. But if you do that every night, he's going to be hurt. He's yeah. gonna wonder why or she's gonna wonder why you're rejecting him over right. and over and over. And the animosity builds up and it's hard to come back from that, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is. So typically I talk about it a little bit and then I send, um, I'm not a sexologist. I wish I was. I wish I yeah. were. I wish I was. Um, I would love to get that degree. But yeah. I have amazing sex therapists, sexologists that come on my show that I'm like, I got one for you and this is what you do. And I have great information too. Um, I have tips and stuff that I have on my website right now. Um, I, I, I love, I, it's my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> well, tips, the tools and the tricks and the tips, what do you think is the thing that helps people, I wish more couples could I have you the also. best one. Oh, thank you. Okay, I tell me, tell me what you're- one, My favorite one. And this is the thing, it's my, my number one favorite thing that I ever, I tell my clients and either it, most of them use it and it works. And then I have a few that say it causes more stress. But my favorite one is just, people think I'm nuts. Um, I call it, you, you schedule sex. Now, this oh. Is, people think I'm, this is, this is, it's a, okay. So anticipation is an aphrodisiac. We know this, right? Okay. So, I tell my clients that are not having sex. These are clients who are like not doing it. And when I say not doing it, I mean, they're not having sex at least once a week. Okay. Okay. I tell them to schedule their sex. So pick a day of the week. I don't care what it is. Friday night. Okay. Every Friday night, we're having sex. And okay. you make it not stressful. You make it fun. You make it like, okay, baby, every Friday night I'm meeting in the bedroom. And whether you, you send little notes, you, he buys a thong and hangs it on the mirror. Whether, I don't care what you do. But you right. know that every Friday night, you're going to shave, 
you're going to make the pussy nice. You're going to put on your, your, their thong net. I don't care what you're going to do. He knows that he's going to work on Friday. He's coming home. He's getting late on Friday night, right? Yep. But the rest of the week, you don't have to have sex. It's off the table. And that, what it does is it makes everybody stress-free. Because right, like everybody's like, oh. Yes. There's yep. no, there's not, there's not, that elephant in the room is gone. You get in the bed every other night of the week. You can watch TV. You can do the laundry. You can talk about whatever. There's no sex. It's off the table. So everybody is, there's, there's no worry, right? You don't have that, like that weird feeling like, you know, you know, there's no sex. Now, if you want to have sex, you can, but right. you can wait you for Friday night. To. You don't have to because Friday night is sex night. And let me tell you, by the time Friday night comes, you're both ready for sex because it's exciting. You go to dinner, you don't, you shut the door, you lock the door, you know, you're having sex, but here's the deal. If it comes Friday night and one of you doesn't put out, you lose something important to you. A glass of wine that week, Game oh, of Thrones, whatever it is. So it becomes a game. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. But some people say to me, no, 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 it's too much pressure for me. I can't get it up. Or I can't get wet. Or I can't get turned on because I know that Friday night's coming and it's too much pressure. I'm like, then you know what? It shouldn't be pressure. Make it fun. Like just, right. you know, don't make it's- it stressful. We went to a therapist once a few years ago and we, she, she, we realized in this session, we didn't need to go to her, but she made more problems. Sometimes they make more problems. I think she was taking notes to give information to other couples. We were really doing things well, but one thing I love making bets. You kind of have to figure out what works for you too. And we just did it a couple nights ago and, and she's like, okay, so what do you bet? Oral sex every time. I love it. Of course. Every time, because, because regardless, I'm winning, right? <laughs> I, I feel like it's a win <laughs> either way. Like I almost want to lose some time just so I can be like I get in it. control, right? I dominating. Love it. Yes. Okay, yes. so we always do that, and we do it on sometimes. The other night we did it like I, I'm owed right now. I'm owed. It's it's coming in every term, it's literally. But we did, I said, our daughter got into the shower and I said, when she gets out of the shower, I'm going to get in the shower. And this is what she's going to come to you. And this is the conversation she's going to have. And he's like, no way. And I'm like, Betcha. are we betting on this? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and he goes, yeah, I think I'm right. And, and so I walked out. You're like, guess and, what? And she looked at me and she goes, I don't know why, but dad wanted me to tell you that you won the bet. <laughs> I just think in whatever way you can, and it doesn't have to be bartering sex. It could be chores. No, it could be anything. It could be anything. And we've done chores before too. I love that. I I, fun. It need okay. So I love that you said that. You should create games. It should be fun. fun. That's a code. It's a secret code. Like nobody knows what you're talking about except for you. You know what? I'll send the link. Right. Yeah. I actually have um right now. I have tips to getting your spouse back into your bed. Yay. Okay. So, so we'll link that, that on the podcast. That's awesome. For sure. For sure. Jennifer, thank you so much for oh being on Oh my God, this today. is so what fun. What a blast. This is so fun. I loved it. This is so much fun. <laughs> I love you.